When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Maryland sports fans. There's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, this is Cassandra Peterson, otherwise known as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Here we are back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding cabal of uh, wise music swamis over here at Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So this episode is episode 151, Senior Singer Report Card. Some of you may be uh, some of the more perceptive who have been watching, uh, you know, my regular stint on Friday with Pete Pardo on Sea of Tranquility. I, I mentioned the last uh, episode that we did that I was going to do uh, some of the great Southern rock albums or bands uh, not from the South. Turns out I had already done that episode. Uh, it was I think it was episode 77. Uh, but anyways, it was called Southern Rock by Proxy, and I was talking about all the same stuff I was going to talk about here, so I, I had to come up with something new, but I thought that was kind of funny that, uh, yeah, because we've had this big, um, long story, I won't get into it, but we had this big uh, uh, discussion on this industry email group that I'm part of, uh, swearing up and down about which bands uh, might might sound very Southern Rock who aren't from the South, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, um, I went and uh, scrapped that because we'd already done it. Go listen to that one, Southern than by proxy. But in honor of uh, my last uh, last weekend, I went down to Windsor, which is four hours from where I am in Toronto here, and saw uh, the great uh, Canadian band from Windsor, uh, Tease, reunited. They played live again. Uh, I, I This episode is somewhat in tribute to uh, that band, uh, the great uh, Brian Danter on vocals, Mark Braddock uh, on guitars, Chuck Price on guitars, and Mike Kozak on drums. Um, but yeah, this episode, 100 151 senior singer report card 
uh, is definitely inspired by how awesome Brian Danter uh, was singing on that night. So um, so we're going to be, well, they're going to be our first one. But what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about three situations that are uh, doing well on the report card. They're A's and B's kind of thing, um, and for different reasons. And then uh, our fourth selection will be someone in the middle, and then we're going to discuss some of those middle ones, and then the last one's going to be uh, the bad department, the uh, the D's and E's of the report card. So yeah, let's check it out. Uh, listen to this. This is T's with Boys Night Out. <laughs> So this is from the debut tease album back uh, in 1976. Uh, I remember interviewing the guys about it years ago and they said it was semi-recorded as a demo. But Mike Kozak, when I went down to Windsor and hung out down there with Rick Labonte, who's also on Sea of Tranquility with me, we had a great time. Uh, Kevin Julie came down, his buddy Derek. Um, but anyways, uh, I remember Mike Kozak said, we recorded that album in 19 hours and it sounds great it's like a really good heavy end of a kiss stars moxie sort of album and i wanted to play this song it's one of the heavier songs on the album and it was one of the highlights of the sort of encore end of things uh at the show but yeah so brian danter uh seven years old he's he's close to turning 71 he's up there singing and just singing up a storm uh the interesting thing about him is that uh, he became a born again Christian and and uh, is a pastor at a at a uh, at a mega church in Windsor, um, but you know he he quipped to me as he was signing my stuff for me uh, very nicely. Uh, he said, "Oh yeah, it's that is that clean clean living, no uh, no alcohol, no drinking, no, all that kind of stuff, right?" Um, so this is a this is a, a little bit of a hint of why he was doing so good up there. Um, and you know when Mike Kozak, uh, who came out from behind the drums and introduced everybody, he introduced him as freak of nature brian danter and it's true he uh he he's hitting all the high notes he's not scared to go there he's singing with a lot of power and so in this department um i wanted to compare him to graham bonnet he's a little bit like a graham bonnet but he doesn't have quite as much vocal fry or be right on the edge as a graham bonnet graham you're watching him and you're a little worried that he's going to still be able to do this because he's he's pretty old too at this point. Uh, but yeah, it was unbelievable. Brian Danters just sang up a storm all night. Uh, just a powerhouse singer, you know, look, look pretty, look pretty uh, advanced in years as you would at 70, you know, when he was signing my stuff for me, but up on stage, you know, he, he looked young. Everybody looked kind of young. You know, he had black, uh, yeah, you know, dark sunglasses on and he had ripped jeans and a and a leather jacket and stuff. So he looked pretty young and he had a lot of energy, but yeah, they just put on this great show reunion show uh, at this theater. They did some reunion shows in uh, 2019 as well. Packed house at this uh great old windsor theater yeah heavy heavy album for 1976 check it out it's it's actually on spotify all their stuff seems to be there i think everything uh, but yeah this whole first album is on spotify and it's a bit of a rarity and then the second one on the loose from 1977 is also an uncommonly heavy album for those years it's funny when i talk to pete um you know i i don't think uh, it really sinks into him or anybody or how excited i am when when i'm playing some old stuff from the 70s pete's a little bit younger than me so he he missed 
missed he missed the years where um, it was really rare and really awesome when you found anything heavy in the 70s. Um, so I always kind of, I probably elevate a lot of this stuff further than maybe it should be because once you get into the 80s, you know, there's lots of metal around. But these these records were really important to us back then because there really wasn't that much heavy uh, coming out uh, in all of the 1970s, really. I mean, it gets heavier and heavier as you go on, of course. But uh, but yeah, Tease, Tease for 76, that record, Tease, Tease, um, is pretty much, boy, is it the heaviest? You know, Rush, Rush is pretty heavy. Um, Moxie, Moxie is pretty heavy, and that's 75. So this is 76, Tease, Tease. Oh, they're all self-titles. Pretty interesting. Those three albums, all self-titles, are probably all self-titled are probably the three heaviest Canadian albums for quite a while uh, in the '70s as we move up uh, through the '70s. Anyways, the only guy I could think of that I wanted to put in this category of singers on this senior singer report card is Graham Bonnet, uh, who's the same, like I say, kind of thing. Uh, saw him live with the Michael Schenker group. He was amazing, kind of like a freak of nature. Although. Robin McCauley was more effortless with his singing. Um, And then Gary Barden uh, is an example of a guy whose voice is kind of going on him and he kind of knows it sort of thing. All right, let's move on. This is The Who with Detour. Okay, so this is from Who, an album by The Who called Who, <laughs> uh, December 6, 2019. So so, um, so this is, yeah, kind of a surprise, full-length, uh, you know, uh, brand new album of studio songs. Um, great, great song with a little bit of an old, old vibe, a little bit of a magic bus bu- vibe on it. You know, good song, good album. Uh, I quite like the album. I wasn't crazy about it when it first came out, but I got to like it quite a bit later. But I wanted to put them on here because... Just recently, I posted on my Facebook. I don't know how I how I found this, but I'm really amazed at how good Roger Daltrey is singing. He is 79 years old up there doing this. So, so he's nine years older than Brian Danter doing this. Uh, and uh, and so you know, dutifully for this episode, I went and looked at a lot of live footage on YouTube of 2021 and 2022. And this and and the Who is up there playing live in 2022, and he is singing fine. He's looking young. He's certainly looking a lot younger than 79. He kept in shape. As people say, he kept in shape. He stayed away from the hard drugs. Uh, he just did all the good things to be in this, uh, you know, fortuitous uh, position. Um, but yeah, hats off to Roger Daltrey for singing so well at 79. He might be our best example. I didn't really do that research. Uh, I would love to hear what you uh, what you guys can come up with. Is there anybody singing better in any sort of an animated hard rock rock context at 79, 80, 81, 82 uh, that beats Roger? Uh, I would like to hear that. Sorry, he's 78. I think he's 78. But yeah, 
do it, do it amazing. Um, and go, go check out some of that YouTube live footage from 2022. Roger Daltrey is, uh, is doing great. All right. Uh, this episode of history and five songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by better help without a healthy mind being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works, but what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress, whatever you need. It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset and special offer to history and five songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's better H E L P.com slash five songs. Thanks again to better help for sponsoring this episode. And I wanted to add that I have gotten this really nice testimonial from a listener who says, I want to once again give you feedback on your sponsor, BetterHelp. The therapy I have received the last month has been better than any I've encountered over the last 30 years. You have a quality, life-changing sponsor. Very cool. Thank you for that. Um, okay, on to our third selection. Take a listen to this. This is Iron Maiden with El Dorado. So come over here now. I got a vision for you. It's my personal snake oil. It's just something I do. I'm a jester with no tears. And I'm playing on your fears. I'm a trickster smiling underneath this mask of love and death. The eternal all right, Iron Maiden from the Final Frontier, August 13th, 2010. Still feels like a brand new album to me. It's 12 years old already. Um, Bruce Dickinson is a great choice here. There were some other close uh, choices to put in this hallowed area of the very best example of uh, of our you know older buddies doing this at this point. Um, but you know, I did go online and I checked uh, a good thing to check out to see how Bruce is doing like right now kind of thing. Um, check out his singing Deep Purple's Perfect Stranger, Perfect Strangers with Deep Purple uh, and a Symphony. I think that's from 2021. And there's also a nice little clip where he's uh, doing one of his, uh, his um, you know, talking tour things. And at one point he belts out a little bit of Tyranny of Souls and does just a great, great job. So yeah, you can tell Bruce, you're, you, this is, this is a guy that when he's up there singing, the whole band looks great and athletic and they put on such a great show. And that's why they're arguably the greatest metal band of all time. Um, that could be an episode right there, the debates on how you measure something like that. But Maiden is one that people do say that about. And uh, and I'm not I'm not going to disagree in some, uh, in some respects. But the neat thing about Bruce live is that, I mean, you do notice a little bit of him him being uh, more Brucey than than ever, like almost falling into a caricature of Bruce, which might be a little bit of age getting to him and uh, and falling upon certain certain uh, crutches. When he goes up high, he sort of has an affected, uh, a, a slightly affected manner that's that's slowly creeping in as time goes on. But that's a very small complaint, um, because the great thing about Bruce Live is that 
you're watching him and you're unlike a Graham Bonnet or some of these guys, you're watching Rob Halford is another one. Um, but unlike some of these guys, you're not worried about him. You're you're enjoying the vocal performance. You're not going, oh dear, is he gonna is is he gonna do that? Is he gonna crap out? Is he gonna is he gonna duck the note? Um, you know, there's there's a certain amount of ducking that goes on with all these guys now, but but it's not it's not gratuitous ducking. Uh, but with Bruce, you're just enjoying the thing because you have the confidence that he's actually gonna be able to pull it off, and he's a great front man as well. So um, in this department, I've got to compare to Ronnie James Dio. This idea, okay, so what, what I'm getting at here is the high end of these guys that I'm comparing them to, certainly Ronnie James Dio, they just seem to have this other gear. Uh, it's not the same with Rob Halford. With Rob Halford, it's going up, going up, going up, somewhat mixed in a little bit with a falsetto. But with Bruce, it's just having this other really interesting gear uh, that 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 it that you almost slip into and you can hear the gear change. And that is uh, also that uh, something that happened with Ronnie James Dio. And both of them obviously um, had great singing technique and that gives you a basis for pulling off what you're doing. Glenn Hughes, uh, I'm also going to put in this department, um, but he, he's a little bit closer to Rob Halford when it comes to the high end. It's not exactly another gear, um, but he's kind of a mix of our first and our second uh, examples here. Um, the power of a Brian Danter and a Graham Bonnet mixed with uh, the technique, um, but he also has a high a high note and and a falsetto. He's got a lot of things, but he's he also has a lot of power, and he's also another guy where you're listening to like a Bruce, and you're not worried uh, that he's going to um, hit the note uh, at all. All right, let's move on to our fourth selection. Take a listen to this. This is Jethro Tull with the betrayal of Joshua Kind. What did I do? Did so upset you? Did you feel so cruelly, cruelly maligned? To push it to this cold conclusion of the betrayal of Joshua Kind. Okay, so this is from the latest quasi Jethro Tell album. Don't like that album cover. I wish Martin Barr was there. Uh, anyways, it's called The Zealot Gene, January 28th, 2022. So it just came out. So Ian Anderson is an interesting case. I'm putting him here in what I'm calling the middle category. The guys that are doing okay. Um, they aren't they aren't absolutely pooching it and blowing it, and they aren't in that in that department where they're just killing it either. Um, so the interesting thing about Ian Anderson is that he has this uh, tendency to to tentatively creep into his high zone that he was in. So that's one thing. And he pulls away from the mic when he does it. And you can see him kind of contorting his body a little bit, almost like his body uh, is, uh, or, or his standing on one leg uh, uh, technique is a metaphor for what his whole body does when he pulls away from the mic and, 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 and kind of bows out of the high note sort of thing but he also has also a little bit of a, a tiny bit of an an old age frailty coming into his voice as well and I wanted to play this song off of the new album because it's an interesting thing that that you can trick everything um you know on on record on record is way easier to, to have a great performance and you expect that versus live but you definitely get the aged version of a guy's voice. And I thought that was kind of interesting to get here. And I went and watched some live footage. And, you know, the other thing he does to make up for this is 
They jam a hell of a lot. He plays a lot of flute and he's got a lot of uh, support singers uh, going on with him. So that happens as well. But he's in the middle category. He's not in the Puchet category because he's generally pretty good with um, staying in pitch and staying in tune. So he does a good job up there on stage. Now, in this middle category, I also included Rob Halford. Kind of a funny one. People really always, people love Rob and I love Rob too. People kind of tend to just throw him compliments and say he's the metal god and he's just doing amazing amazing but he definitely has a little bit of that aging thing going on and it's affecting his voice and there's a few vocal tricks there going on as well you know with the uh with the repeat thing that they do whatever when he hits a big scream or whatever and you know the screams kind of come out of nowhere but it, but the singing high properly is kind of not there anymore and he and he does that you know hunching over thing that goes on so there's a bit of there's a bit of degradation there but he's doing generally a good job getty lee's an interesting interesting one getty um you know for other reasons they had to bow out i hope they wouldn't have continued on and on but i think getty for quite a few years has not been sounding great up there uh, a little bit of the frailty a little bit of the high end thing and then he also goes in, into kind of a weird diction place a little bit like ian anderson frankly um i the last few times i've seen rush and jethro tull i i kind of thought there was a similarity there uh, in what they were doing. So a mix of frailty and the high end and having this odd diction thing uh, that that helped them to get get to get to the point. But, you know, Rush fans just love Getty unequivocally. You never really saw a lot of complaints about him because he's built up so much goodwill, right? In this middle department, but even probably more impressive uh, than, than, frankly, all of these guys I've talked to about so far is Axl Rose. Axl Rose is doing a pretty darn good job. Paul McCartney is a funny one. Um... I've noticed a few complaints lately about him, but he's up there doing this at 80 years old. Um, but I've watched carefully what he's been doing, and really all you kind of see out of Paul is you get a lot of help. There's a lot of backup vocalists. But the good thing about Paul McCartney Live is that he uh, he is pretty good at staying on pitch, and when he's in his range, he's, he's, he's doing okay. You get a little bit of the frailty of, you know, being a being a rock star at 80 years old pretty amazing uh pretty pretty darn amazing he's he does a pretty good job uh you know generally speaking uh it's it's less of an onerous task singing those songs than some of the people we've just talked about um but uh but yeah let's put him in there as well uh you know what i just realized there's somebody i forgot uh to mention uh back at the category yeah in the roger daltrey category let's bounce around a little bit um i the, i left everybody out here so in the robert uh in the roger daltrey category i've got robert plant gene simmons and sammy hager robert plant i've watched a lot of live footage um here's a guy who really prides himself on singing well and he's singing beautifully in pitch all the time he realizes he's he's, he's to sing in a certain range but he even has a pretty dependable high end of that range it's not the same shrieky robert plant of his youth but it might even be a better singer than his youth and and um and uh, and just more sincere about the job. I mean, he does a really darn good job, Robert Plant does. Gene Simmons, I think, is singing quite good with Kiss still. And Sammy Hager, I remember about a year ago, I saw a, a concert uh, on YouTube and he was not singing well at all. Um, but I've got him in the good category again because I've watched uh, a few other things lately and he's doing a darn good job. And he's 74 years old, so he's... 
He's pretty old up there doing this too. But he's had those great God-given pipes and he, and he seems to be using them fairly confidently uh, at the high end as well. So back to our number four category where we just played Jethro Tull. This is our middle category. Uh, the last one I want to mention here is Paul Stanley. And I've now put him in the middle category. Uh, he's at the bottom end of the middle category because there's been a lot of complaints about Paul. And now there's some, you know, some vocal trickery and stuff going on uh, to help him out. There's there's backup singing. You know, there's there's the other guys helping him out and Gene gets to sing half of the songs as well. But I like him in here because what I like about Paul as a singer, even in his sort of challenged end of the road uh, sort of situation is I've always loved his voice. His voice sounds kind of the same. It's, it's that same voice. And he still gives it the, the old college try with the high yelps and, and the screams and stuff. But obviously, uh, you know, he's lost some of it, his range and he's had some shows. It seems like he's had some up and down shows where, where um, it might even be a little bit of a hearing issue. Uh, that's something that, that can affect these guys singer. I know, I know the Aussie situation. I remember there was a lot of talk about Ozzy having some horrendous shows and then the next night they were good shows. So so it's really odd uh, what went on uh, with Ozzy uh, all around here. I, I would put him, he'd probably have to go in the uh, in the bottom end category, frankly, I suppose. I, it, it'd be hard to put him in the middle category. Uh, all right, let's move on to the last category. This is our um, C minuses and D's and E's and F's. Um, but I, but I'm putting someone in the, in the doghouse here. There's two guys that go in the doghouse because they sh they should be able to do a better job. And here's one of them. Take a listen to this. This is Van Halen with Bullethead. All right, that's a good heavy rocker from a different kind of truth. Came out February seventh, twenty twelve. Surprised everybody. I quite like the album, um, and I loved how heavy it was and how raw and rocking and unkeyboardy. Um, but I, I'm putting uh, David Lee Roth in the um, in the doghouse. Number one, I do commend him for retiring. Um, so so January of twenty twenty two, he did announce his retirement. Although there have been these rumblings about these tribute show things, so they might haul him out of retirement. Um, but anyways, he did do that thing where he retired, so that was good. Um, but he's a little bit in the doghouse for me because I've watched a lot of this recent footage from the last few years and he actually still has a pretty good voice. Uh, he can sing when he wants to, but his problem is, is he's too busy hamming it up um, and uh, and talking his way through the songs and leaving out some of the lyrics and remarking. Uh, and smiling and doing all these things other than doing a sincere job of just trying to get the lines out that, that are in the song. When he does that, he can be on pitch. Uh, he, he, can, he can hit that little high gear thing that he does, not for a long time. But he does he does a bunch of things where it it's almost like a management needs to or needed to I mean if he is retired needed to sit him down and just slap him in the face and say Dave just go out there and do your job tonight um, because 
it really looked to me the frustrating thing about him and all those bad performances and famously he doesn't sound great on that live album and there's all that drama about they're talking about oh they did that to uh you know they left all that on there to make him look bad or whatever um but yeah the frustrating thing is you can tell that he could turn in a pretty darn good job if he wanted to at his advanced years so that was that was pretty interesting to see and the other guy believe it or not believe it or not, I'm going to say that Vince Neil, you could tell that the voice is still there strong enough that if he slapped himself in the face and got in shape, I don't even know if he needs to be in shape to, to do this because you watch those hilarious videos, go check them out. They're so funny. Those videos where they, where they put the, uh, put the fake words on that he's singing and just the nonsensical stuff that it sounds like. This is another guy where it's like slap him in the face and say, do your job, sing the lines, uh, get the lines out, no making the crowd sing them, just sing these lines. It seems like the voice is still there. And it seems like he can sing in tune when he tries. Um, so this is another guy, but this is typical Motley Crue. Motley Crue uh, just has so many bad vibes about them. And one of them is the disdain for the fans, right? Um, and, you know, the money hungriness and all that kind of stuff. So there's this, and the lying and the and the drama that's gone on in the band and just, just generally being bad people in, in, the, in a lot of ways throughout the years, right? And all the drugs and all that. And um, But Vince Neil has, you know, so there's no fuel in the tank for anybody supporting Vince. Um, nobody, but, and, and this is why, this is why there should be no fuel in the tank because here's another situation where you study those videos closely and you go, dang, you know, he, he could actually turn in a good show if he only cared, if he only tried. And like I say, I mean, I think he could do it. I think he could do it without even losing a whole bunch of weight. Um, uh, but you know, there, there is the endurance to get to the end of the show and stuff, of course, too. So maybe, maybe that is a problem. Um, but yeah, darn it. If, uh, darn it, if he, still sounds like Vince Neil, and it still seems like he can hit the notes. So we're putting him in this category. Obviously, um, I don't need to go into it in a big way, but the whole John Bon Jovi situation is the one in the news big time now. He is just sounding horrible, and it's a really concerning horrible, and everybody's wondering why they don't just pull the plug on it, and it's ruining his reputation. The fans are all mortified at what he sounds like. Um, but I just watched um, I just watched Justin Hawkins from The Darkness put in a very empathetic D detailed kind of look at what's going wrong with him and he, and he didn't he didn't start slagging him in the whole thing but he said you know the, the John Bon Jovi machine must be such a such a huge machine that that for some reason you can't pull the plug maybe no one can even tell him how bad he's doing um it sounds like it's possibly a hearing problem or maybe even at he he said a manifestation of performance anxiety problem he said it didn't sound like a polyp or a growth on the throat problem because then you would hit the notes and you would be in tune and then and then and then you would you know spin out uh and and you know or, or crack or whatever but that's not what's going on here he's singing quiet he sounds weak he's completely out of tune almost all the time um so it's just a very weird situation everybody's looking at john bon jovi as a really odd one and another one that fits in that category is don dawkin but we know don dawkin's problems he's had all those problems from all those years i remember him telling me this story about him being gravely gravely beaten up in hawaii back on the don dawkin solo album tour and and he's had a you know, long history of painkillers and all this stuff but he recently had back surgery 
But he's another guy, or spinal, spinal surgery. Uh, but he's another one of these guys that uh, it's a little bit like, this is really bad for your reputation. I don't know why you're going out and doing this. Obviously, it must be just for the money because, you know, he can't be feeling good about what he's uh, he's been doing. He's, he's, he's definitely put on a lot of pounds and stuff as well. Um, so he's definitely in this bad situation. David Coverdale is a funny one. Um, I love his voice. Um, he's definitely lost the range, but he also now gets a lot of help on stage with the singing. And, and recently now going out, he's even got like a female singer and another singer. And so there's gonna be a lot of singing up there. And he's, you know, I, I think he's pretty honest about the whole situation. He has a good voice. Um, the, the reason why I'm not going to get down on him too much is that, um, a lot of it is, uh, is he's required to hit a lot of high notes, but when he's singing, when he's singing low, I think he's another guy a little bit like a Robert Plant who prides himself on being a good singer, and he's technically very good when he stays uh, within a range. But yeah, he's got he's had some really bad shows over the years. And another one that's not very good, uh, well, quite bad, is Stephen Piercy, and he's always had problems with his voice. He's never been considered a great singer, uh, but he's another one of these that's going out there and uh, and really shouldn't be, um, and just just not doing a doing a good job there. Uh, so there you go. That is our five examples of uh, on this seniors singer our senior singer report card um the first three are all good in various ways uh, three different ways i would say and uh and then we've got a middle uh a middle section there which is your b minus and c plus and c's and then uh all of everything we talked about um you know starting with david lee roth uh would be uh at the lower end of of how these guys are doing but yeah i mean credit to them i mean obviously this is something that you can't there are various reasons you can have these problems, but but the fans get upset uh, when they're asked to pay super high ticket prices, and then when there's trickery going on and backup singers and all that kind of stuff. And you know they don't want to see the band's reputations ruined at all either. So uh, you know the, the best situation, of course, is being an awesome singer into your 70s and 80s. The second best situation is admitting you can't do it and then bowing out and saying, okay, we're done. Uh, we don't want to take your money anymore. Um, but there you go. There's our singer situation. Let's see. Ah, boy, yeah, this has been a long episode. I'm not I'm not going to uh, comment on the last episode, Proto-Progressive Metal, but there's a few nice Facebook comments there. Phil Phyllis. Well, I'm going to read what he said. I'm a big prog fan and very nerdy about the family tree. I'm a bit cautious today about the term. Anything complex and more complicated than the mainstream is labeled prog. Meshuggah called prog of slumber and periphery how are these bands probably seem to have forgotten about the lyricism complex songwriting blah 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 so he goes on about this uh he he mentions proto-prog as being the beatles procol harem uh, pink floyd early elton john leading into kansas interest interesting we get elton john mentioned again here but yeah, there were some other good comments on Facebook. Uh, Steve Bellow mentioned great episode. I will go on a limb here. What about Gabriel Eric Genesis? Supper's ready. Dance with the Moonlight Night. First ever tapped guitar solo. I answered him back. Then he said it can get dicey for sure. I don't think too many metal bands name drop Genesis, but I can picture young Eddie Van Halen hearing the solo and dancing and thinking I can do that too. Um, yeah, uh, Andromeda was mentioned. Who mentioned Andromeda? Joe Beck mentioned love this episode. Uh, let's see, uh, John Clark. So where would Queen fit in this uh, proto-prog metal equation? Uh, yeah, they're a little later than what I wanted to talk about there, but they definitely fit as well. Um, so yeah, that was a cool episode. Um, and by the way, on that prog thing, I'm just cruising down here. Um, I do just have in, uh, as of yesterday, 
the Yes, A Visual Biography 2, 1982 to 2022, and I can supply the first one as well. So I've got the whole set of those big coffee table books. Um, if you like this episode and want to support our show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, apparently.com, uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. This week I didn't go and do the whole uh, hat in hand ask thing. Um, so the list is uh, maybe maybe a little shorter than it would have been. I, I think I'm only going to do that every two weeks. I really hate going on Facebook and doing that. But anyways, thank you without being reminded. Uh, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Franco Dotto, James Farquhar, David Fisher, Ryan Gavalier, Augustine Garcia de Pretis, and Steve Polari. Uh, I started a new website for my illustration work. You know, I've been scribbling a lot of pictures and now I'm doing just portraits of these rock stars uh, with no text, not the fake ad thing. Although I might get back into that because people like that too. Sold quite a few of those. Um, but the fake ad thing, the portrait thing, and the Flaming Telepaths illustrations, 39 illustrations in that Blue Oyster book are, are all up in a gallery, a big long uh, row. You can see everything I've done basically um, at uh, martinpopoff.ca. So I've got martinpopoff.ca uh, for the illustration work and uh, I've got copies of those prints that I can sell. Plus I uh, have a whole bunch of stuff, only the portraits up at ArtPal. So you can get the prints on canvas or pictures and all that stuff. So I've been doing a lot of that lately. So ArtPal, martinpopoff.ca, martinpopoff.com for the book. Uh, there you go. Um, go celebrate some of these uh, geriatric. I was going to call it geriatric. And then I thought, nah, it sounds a little too old because right? I'm celebrating most of these guys. So I went with the softer term senior. But go listen to some of these guys. That's it for now. Find all of our shows, notes, social and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.